Welcome to 49ers After Dark. We're your hosts, Grant Cohn, Jesse Naylor. Jesse has embedded himself in the 49ers draft room, which I find amazing. <laughs> I'm at home just hanging out. We're going to play, be playing Factor Fiction tonight. We're going to be talking about Trey Lance's throwing mechanics um, after we play Factor Fiction. So bear with us on that. We're going to talk about the, what to look for in the upcoming game. And then we're going to rank the 49ers top 10 players. So Debo, if you're watching... Brandon, Fred, Eric, we're going to rank you. We're going to tell you where you really stand. All right, Jesse, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Ready to get this thing going. I feel like it's been forever. It's kind it's of been a long time. It has been forever, yeah. Yeah, I had to put, you have to put everything on hold because of practices. But that's over with, and uh, that's nice. It's time to get back to the real, uh, our usual routine. So yes, let's sir. play this fact or fiction game. Let's do it. You want to be the uh, MC? I totally can be the MC. Okay. Two seconds and I will MC. All right. Got it. Fact or fiction? Trey Sermon is on the 49er roster bubble. That's an absolute fact. I believe so. Unless the Niners are totally delusional. I mean, we're all seeing the same thing here. I know they're giving him a lot of reps with the starters and stuff. That doesn't mean anything. I think it's pretty obvious that the 49ers want to be the most physical offense in the league. And their issue with Trey Sermon is that he's not physical enough. Uh, Jordan Mason's physical. Ty Davis Price. Every single running back on the team runs like they're 240 pounds except him. He runs like he's 190. And he's a big guy. So um, they're giving him every opportunity, but it almost feels like they're showcasing him. Like, yeah, we don't really want him, but we're pretending like we do. And what do you think? It's The problem is that he's averaging, like, less than two yards of carry right now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him for, like, a seventh-round pick. You know what I find interesting about this whole sermon thing is this right here shows me that Le'Veon Bell would have never worked in this offense, ever. Hmm. Hmm. Because Le'Veon Bell was extremely patient. Remember, the 49ers seemed like they were all in on Le'Veon. There was rumors about yeah. that. Le'Veon would have never been a fit in this offense, and he would have probably fallen out of the league quicker than he eventually did. So that that right there, because he dances around just like Le'Veon. He picks his spots just like Le'Veon. Is that who and you I, thought he would be? No, not necessarily. Okay. I actually thought he was a little bit more decisive in college. Okay. I, I, something's going on now, but the way he plays as a pro is similar to Le'Veon, right? Now, not near as good probably, but... He's picking his spots, right? To where when you watch a Mason, he explodes. Mm -hmm. And I do find it interesting because you posted all those clips of Trey Sermon. Yeah. And I thought they were great clips. And I think the takeaway that everybody came away with, and I did too initially, was there's not a lot there, which I agree with. However, right. the difference is, is when there's not a lot there for Mason, he still picks up two to three yards. Right. Well, what you're in control of is how you finish the run. And what's so impressive about Mason is his vision, decisiveness, and uh, violence at the end of runs. Yep. Like with Sermon, he's, he hesitates. And whether or not it's there, he's getting driven backward at the end of runs. He's the only running back on the team who's getting driven backward. Not even Jermichael Hastie's getting driven backward. So, I mean, that's that's a reason to be down on a player. I'm down on him. I think he should run harder. I don't understand what he's doing or where he's, what, he, what he thinks is going to – what he thinks it takes to make it in the NFL. I think this might be a problem for 
a lot of Ohio State running backs or running backs from schools that have just freaking dominant offensive lines, mm -hmm. they don't really understand what it's going to be like in the NFL. Like those holes are way smaller, man. Way smaller. Find one. Pick one. You almost have to wonder, too, if there's a psychological thing going into it. I mean, it was very early in his career, one of his first runs, that he got knocked out That's cold. That's true. So does that play into his mental, his psyche? I don't know. How yeah. could it not? And if it did, so. that's fine. But um, Trey Sermon on the roster bubble, yeah, he needs to do something in this game. And frankly, if he does something pretty nice, he might just get traded. Mikey49er, thank you very much for becoming a member. I appreciate you. Let's keep moving. What's the next I, factor? I have an opinion on that, but I'm going to hold it until this one because they kind of go in tandem. So, Ambry Thomas, is he on the roster bubble? Hell yeah. I think Kyle Shanahan essentially said it. Someone said, what do you want to see from Ambry? He said, I want to see him compete for a roster spot, which is funny because he's been hurt. Hard to compete when you're getting back from an injury. <sighs> he really had a bad offseason. I don't know how much stock you put in camp and practices but i mean he must have given up like an 85 percent completion percentage it was outrageous it, it was like 24 like 20 catches on 25 so something like that so he, he he like didn't show up for practice whether that matters or not he's just not good enough to not show up for practice and then he got hurt and then you have guys like diamador lenore who has improved sam womack who looks good inside and outside Kadar Holman, who seems to actually have had a much better offseason than Ambry Thomas. Um, they what they what he has going for him is they spent a third round pick on him. But I think he needs to show something to justify keeping him because the team is too good to keep a guy just because they spent a third round pick on him. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But now the question becomes, and this goes back to the sermon one as well, are they really willing? to get rid of two third round picks if they are in fact not good enough to make this team. I don't know if they are like, that's a tough pill to swallow. They traded up to get sermon. Remember, it's not like they just picked him. They traded up to get sermon. Then they took Ambry Thomas with the second pick in that third round. I don't know if this team's willing to do it now. If they are, that to me shows growth from Kyle. Shanahan. A lot of growth. If, if you don't acknowledge a mistake when it's a mistake and you are in denial, it gets worse. Yep. It gets worse because you're keeping this guy over someone that would actually help you more. And when it's finally time for this person to come in the game and contribute, he can't. And you're like, well, I, what was I thinking? Was I holding on to hope and what faith or whatever? So it's up for Ambry could, could show something, but I don't think he's going to play in this game. He's been hurt. I don't know what he could do to compete. Yeah. I don't know. He, what's crazy is he actually seemed to rise to the occasion in some very, pressurized moments down the stretch last year but he did not take the next step this offseason the way most second year or most good second year players do so sorry yeah, he, he didn't and you know what i was a i'm a big ambry thomas guy or i was i defended him a lot last year because when i would actually watch him play i thought 95 percent of the time he actually did a great job it was just the one or two plays a game that people saw they ran with that and i thought that thought it was a bit overblown at how bad he was last year. I really do believe that. But something just didn't click this offseason. And I know <laughs> I do follow him on Twitter, and I'm not saying this is it for sure, but he went on a whole, like, it seems like spiritual adventure this offseason mm. and spent time there doing that. 
mm. versus possibly working on his game. And maybe that's showing through at this point. I don't know, but that's kind sure of my not. read on the situation. I, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's just my personal thought. So Marie says, I think hasty and sermon is getting cut because of Debo and Lance. Don't be so sure about hasty. I mean, hasty's not only been on this team, I think two or three years, but he's had a role. He's the third down back. Uh, people kind of count him out like Ross Dwelly, but I get the feeling that Hasty and Ross Dwelly like are kind of embedded on this team. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But that's I, how I feel. Hasty, really interesting. Okay, Hasty. I don't know. You're I don't not know the how they want to say that. By the way, I mean Elijah Mitchell is he coming back? We want like I don't know what's up with the his health. I haven't seen him on the field in a while, so we'll see. They could get tricky. Oh. I want to clarify my stance on this too, on the Avery Thomas thing. Again, this is a complete assumption, but if that is what he did and he chose that over football, I don't look at that as a bad thing. Like that's a life choice and that's something that he may have for the rest yeah. of his life. So I actually applaud it. I'm not down talking it um, because I understand it. Right. So yeah. just, I just wanted to clarify my stance on that. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Marco Garcia says, do you think Trey will lose confidence in his short passes? Um, I don't know. Maybe, um, but he's a work in progress and he just needs a good coach who's positive and reminds him that he's very gifted and he's, he can do this. And we're going to talk about trade a minute, but what I want to point what what I want to underscore with Jesse is that not, is that trade can't, not only can trade do it right. He does it right. Most of the time. Right. That's why I'm pointing this out. He does it right. Most of the time. And if that's the case and he can do it right all the time, that's all I'm saying. That's, and we're going to talk about it about what exactly I think he's inconsistent with mechanically. It's one thing. And I think it yeah. leads to a lot of issues. But he does it right most of the time, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally fair. Scott says, Grant, who is CB1 going into the year? We don't have a true number one cornerback on this team, but who are you putting on the opposite number one wide receiver? Mosley! Look, I know Traverius Ward got the bag, and he's done it before, but based on this offseason, Mosley is in the zone. And a lot of football is what, how good a shape you're in right now. And I know Traverius Ward was in shape last year, but he missed most of the offseason with a hamstring injury. Mosley also hurt his hamstring, came back, still dominant. Hot take is that Mosley is their best corner. That's my hot take. And he may be. I think it's super close with those two. I just it is super close. It's like, I think the 49ers aren't going to probably allow him to switch sides. And I think that Mosley's probably going to end up on the number two more often than not. Evan Osborne says, I'm a skeptic of Lance taking us on a deep run this year, but is this possibly the deepest team in football with less holes than the team Jimmy brought to Super Bowl and NFC Championship depth wins? Hard to say that the deepest team when they got $27 million doing nothing. Doing nothing. I can't see. I mean, where's the depth at safety? Where's the depth in the offensive line? They have some depth at linebacker, D-line, for sure. Yes, absolutely. But I don't know. Not everywhere. Evan? Listen, I think this is one of the better teams in football. I've been saying it for a while, but that offensive line scares the hell out of me. And I, I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. I wish we had the old problems back. And by that, I mean, I wish we were worried about the interior offensive line knowing that we had bookend tackles that we could pretty much trust right now with McGlinchey out, this is a problem that none of us foresaw. I mean, potentially, right. He had an injury, whatever, but once he came back healthy, we were hoping that it was good to go. Now they might have an offensive line that from 
left guard to mm. right tackle has seven combined starts in this league. Oh. That's what you want protecting your franchise quarterback. And you expect Trey to go win a Super Bowl with that. I would love to see Jimmy behind that offensive line. Absolutely love it. I agree. And, and Kyle and the Niners keep talking about how they're going to carry Trey because the team is so loaded. What about the offensive line? Right. David DeFore says Niners investing endless valuable resources in D line while ignoring O line equals dude spending half a check at Whole Foods while pounding Diet Cokes. Thank you very much, David. That's a perfect <laughs> metaphor. I agree. It's like, and again, I, I, Drake Jackson, he looks really good. I'm not, Drake Jackson looks really good, but right. another one? Come on. Uh, and I know you went, you went, and the, and the crazy thing is they took O line in, in round two last year, and they just took the wrong one. They should have taken Creed Humphrey. They took Aaron Banks. Oh, well. Jacob Mayfield says. This one, you went full DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. People need to stop acting like Jimmy did so much for this team. He got carried, period. Also let Lance play practice his practice. Yeah, we're acting like Jimmy. Some people try to romanticize Jimmy like he was this top 10 quarterback at some point. He never was. Ever. So what are you holding on to? He's the most. He, I think his legacy is that he was the most mediocre quarterback ever. Of all time. Yeah. The yeah. most. So that's something. All right, moving on. Next factor fiction. Speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to give you one last chance, Grant, to back out of your thought on this. Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster August 31st. Fact or fiction? That's an absolute fact. Absolute <laughs> fact. And here's the thing. there, There's like a question. Maybe it's 50-50 or whether he's going to be on this team September 11th, which is uh, week one. But August 31st, oh, that is a fact because his contract doesn't become guaranteed until the first game. So they can string this out. And they've made it really clear they're unwilling to just cut him. They want to take it to the ver- to the deadline. Well, this that's not the deadline. That is not the deadline. So they can find a way. I know it's tough because the, they might have to cut someone they might want to keep to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, but like who Nate Sudfeld, Brock Purdy. Come on. Seriously. Jordan Mason. They're probably going to cut Jordan Mason. You think so? Oh no. And I, cause well, the thing is I used to, I used to feel this way about Jeff Wilson. Like Jeff Wilson would tear it up all off season in preseason. I'm like, there's no way you're going to cut Jeff Wilson. And then they would. And then no one would pick him up. I'm like, What? That's so I think that that they're they're they could be wrong, but I think they're banking on no one picking up a running back because it's not a it's it's a it's like a you know dime a dozen position to be crass. That's what they're yeah. probably banking on. Can but be. frankly, they could cut Purdy and Sudfeld. No one wants them. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> Sudfeld Purdy, like okay, they're okay, but like no one's waiting for the Niners. Oh, give me Purdy. No. I get, you know what? <laughs> Here's my thought. Here's my thought. Sorry, that was inappropriate. <laughs> Here's like, my thought doing? on the yeah. whole Purdy Sudfield. I actually think they can get away with cutting Sudfield. I do think if they put Purdy out there, he might get snagged just on an off chance. I could see that happening. That's a whisk. That's a risk I'm willing to take. That's a whisk I'm willing to take. <laughs> it's not a whisk I'm willing to take. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh, could Caseric coach a chicken to play D line F or F? False could or coach false? me to do it. I'd be like, <laughs> no. no thanks, no thanks. 
Appreciate you. Okay, what's next? Jimmy Rob on the roster, 831. Hell yeah, he's going to be on the roster. I'm going to win this bet. Please. I don't think he's going to be on the roster. There's Okay. We just talked about Ambry Thomas and we talked about Sermon. Maybe guys that they're on the fence about because they put so much capital in them. Are you willing to let those guys go to keep Jimmy on the roster for nine extra days because you don't want him in Seattle a week early? Like that's what we're talking about here. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be on the team all year, Jesse. All year. And they're going to get a comp pick for him. No way. I hate being right all the time. It's a burden. It's a gift and a curse. He's not going anywhere. They don't. It's the day they cut Jimmy Garoppolo is a very embarrassing day for the franchise because I step up like, (coughs) 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 oh, you cut Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, yeah. We know who could have seen that coming. Jed, Kyle, John. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Surprise. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to admit defeat. It's never going to happen. They're going to hold on to him, hold on to him, hold on to him, and be like, why, why, why should we cut him? The, the, the trade deadline, so a, a quarterback could get hurt week four because that's true. I'm just saying. It, it's a, it sucks being right so much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you better news, but I just have to be right. I just I can't, I can't. For a second, think the organization is that incompetent. I, I have think more. That it would ever I don't be know August why. Twenty fourth, twenty twenty two, and Jimmy Garoppolo would be still on the team. I don't bet you didn't no. think that. No, I didn't think that. No. That's to be fair. To be fair, I did not think that. But That's why I try to remind people, like your mind should be blown. It should have been blown two months ago. Mine's blown. Mine's blown. <laughs> is it like Chris Angel mind freak? All right, next one. All right. True or false? The 49ers should trade. For Isaiah Wynn, right tackle from the Patriots, who is on the trade block. Fact! Fact! (laughs) This would be such a huge addition for the 49ers. Isaiah Wynn is a really good player. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He was in the same draft as Mike McGlinchey. McGlinchey went ninth. Colton Miller went a few picks later. He would have been better. Isaiah Wynn went 23rd. He would have been better. If the Niners could flip McGlinchey for Isaiah Wynn right now, they would improve. But I don't think the Patriots want Mike McGlinchey. But yeah, if the, if the Niners could figure out a way, it wouldn't take much draft capital-wise. It would take very little. They just have to create the cap space, and they could do that really easily by getting rid of that quarterback who's really expensive that doesn't play. Yes! 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 Hell yes! Do it. I just I changed the game in the middle of it. I said true or false. It's fact or fiction. I fact forgot fiction. my own game. Fact. That being said, <laughs> true or fact, I agree with you. I think they could get it done for a fourth or even a fifth that could escalate to a fourth. Yeah. Really, because the Patriots are trying to save cap space, and that's about nine million they save right there. No brainer. Yes, go get it done, and maybe, just maybe, you can trade Bank straight across for him, and then insert Poe into the starting lineup. I don't know. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. If the Niners could get Isaiah win, that would be huge for their team. Because the way I look at it is, coming into the off, coming into the season, they had Trent Williams and four question marks. Out of nowhere, they found two guards. At least mm-hmm. it looks like it in Poe and Burford. I didn't see that coming. Day three pick, undrafted free agent, two rookies, look like players. Great. Okay. What about center and right tackle? Brendel, so far so good. Right tackle's a mess. A mess. Mike McGlinchey keeps getting hurt. Sorry. Uh, Jalen Moore, not a right tackle. Colton McKivitt, no. not a right tackle. Jordan Mills, been cut a few times the last couple, the last year. 
Yeah, Isaiah Wynn. He's a good player. He's a good right tackle. He's yeah. better than Mike McGlinchey has ever been. I'm a my I'm Ty. I feel strongly about Isaiah Wynn. That's how I feel. I like it. That's fair. Yeah, totally fair. I like it. Do it. I think it's a no-brainer. I agree with you. 100 percent fact right. they should do that. Okay. Yeah, Speaking of banks, banks is a bust. Fact or fiction? I hate just calling a 23-year-old a bust because, you know, he's probably watching, his family's watching, really don't want to hear that. And I don't know, but frankly, Aaron, you haven't given us much evidence to say or anything but a bust. I mean, you couldn't suit up last year. And right now you're getting beaten out by an undrafted free agent who's probably 5'11", maybe. So, yeah, and, like, it's not just that Jason Poe's so great or that Lakin Tomlinson was so great. It's that you, Banks, in those one-on-ones, is constantly getting driven back. I mean, for a big dude, you can't anchor at all. All that size doesn't seem to help if you can't get any leverage. So, um, right now, he's giving off big-time Josh Garnett vibes. Sorry. I agree. I think he's giving up bust vibes, but... It's a little early it's, to say. It's hard. That's the thing, yeah, right? Hard. Like, I feel like we're hard. a year early on this. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing, real quick. Sorry. That's a, but it, it, he never fit this team, this offense. I never yeah. understood. He could go somewhere else and do better, but, like, yep. he tried to re, re, redo his body. Is like, no, I don't know why you're here. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry. I actually think he would fit the Patriots system a little yeah. bit more, right? Yeah. And that's why I think that could be a fair trade. Like, you want to save $9 million. Mm-hmm. You probably still need offensive line help somewhere. You take our just just like remember when we traded wide receivers with the Chiefs and neither of them panned out, but it was like, hey, we hey, suck at drafting. Yep. you sucked at drafting one. Let's just swap them. Like, let's yeah, do that. Maybe right maybe both of them needed uh, change of scenery. Actually, both right. of them needed to retire. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> to be fair, but I think in this case, both these guys can actually play football. It just depends on the system. And Banks has always felt like square peg round hole, and it's just not a fit. All right. Well, that was our factor fiction game. I said fact to everyone. Yeah, you did. I did. Okay. Let's talk about Trey Lance's mechanics. And I'll start this one because I kind of started the conversation today. And if you missed it, I put out a video. I put out some tweets. And what I'm seeing is um, Trey Lance seems to have something he needs to fix, which is when he misses the tendency to miss high. Also, this report about arm fatigue, two things. Um. And then I'm, I I filmed him in slow motion. I put it out. And I, I know some coaches, too. Ones that would prefer to stay off the record because, you know, it's the way it is. Anyway, they watched the film, and these guys are very uh, experienced. And it took him about 20, 20 seconds. So this is what I see. He is sometimes, not all the time, a lot of the time he's doing it right. But sometimes he has a tendency to extend his front leg too soon, which causes his arm to drag which has causes two things. Either he speeds up his arm, which he has the talent to do, which causes arm fatigue after a while, or it causes you to miss high. One of the two things. And it seems to make sense to me. I could see it as well. And what's so intriguing about Lance is that, again, he does it right most of the time. So it seems like if he could do it right all the time, fix this one thing, have a coach who drills it, has the right drills and emphasizes it, he could be fine. He could be the next Josh Allen. That's the way I look at it. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I reached out to some people too that I trust. 
it's so funny when you talk to these quarterback coaches um, or, or people that know more than I would about this. I feel like whenever I've reached out to multiple people in the past, I get different answers every time. Yeah. Every time. Right. And it's like, depending on what they look at, as far as mechanics, every single one of them have a different view of a perfect mechanic, right. Or perfect mechanical throws. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of got a mixed bag a little bit and some of the research that I was able to pull out. And I even got as far as the opposite of locking the leg too early can cause you to throw low hmm. because you're locking out. You're not in, allowing you your hip to fully open and you're kind of pulling your body forward, which is going to drive the ball down. So I don't know, man. I You know what? I, I will say this. Regardless of whether that's the actual issue or not, this is a work in progress, right? And the one thing that I think all of us have said about Trey Lance, accuracy being consistent is going to be the issue early on. However, he's got so many other things going for him that they can work around it until he figures it out. And I fully expect that he will figure it out because he wants to be great. Right. And I think you've got the same stance right now, though, there is going to be some of those ups and downs with accuracy and missing high. This is not nothing. Do remember last year, when they would run those same routes and I would ask you the same question, are they going left to right? And every single time you're like, yep, when they go left to right, he misses high on dig routes. Now, I don't know if it's still left to right or if it's just all dig routes, but that has been an issue. Sounds like he's gotten better at it, but it is still still a thing. The thing about this and, and why I keep coming back to the front leg is that if he if he extended his front leg early every time, I might think, oh, well, that's what they're coaching him to do. That's what Sean McAvoy wants him to do. That's what Brian Greasy wants him to do. But no, he does it right most of the time. I showed the video of Tom Brady, how he does it. That's what Trey Lance looks like most of the time. So if that's the case, to me, this is something that he could just fix with emphasis and drilling. It's something that maybe is new to him. I mean, he's the whole thing is new to him. He's 22 years old. But I think this is, to me, again, if you... If you ever played baseball, if you threw a ball at all, imagine yourself pitching, coming down on the mound and and landing on a on a uh, a straight leg. You don't do that. You don't. You land on a bent leg and you straighten it out as you follow through. And that's what Lance does most of the time. Now, I'm sure you can find examples of guys throwing straight legged and throwing dimes. There's some amazing athletes in the NFL. I'm not sure that Lance is one of those kind with his arm in terms of arm talent. Like Mahomes seems to have the arm talent where he can do literally whatever the fuck he wants to do mm -hmm. and throw dimes. At least that's him. That's not Lance. It seems like Lance, once he gets his his mechanics uh, in order, like Brady, he's going to be special. Um, and I think he's close. It's not, it's unrealistic to expect him to be there now because we all, as as the thumbnail of this post is, it's a project. Mm -hmm. um, it took... Josh Allen, three years. He had a really good coach. Uh, so far, Lance is in year two, year one, one run, one red shirt. I don't know. I think he'll get there with some good quality control. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep, if you know what I mean. Yeah, listen, here's the thing. I, I will say this. It is very, very clear. You know, Dado talked about it. 
and talking with everybody, it's very clear that the thing they did work on this offseason was the base and shortening that that front stride. Because one thing that he did do that would cause this to happen even more often probably is that he would take a big stride and that would take his base away from him. Right. He shortened that front step a lot, which has allowed everything else to kind of flow with it a sense. lot more seamlessly. Makes sense. But if there if there's gonna think be about, an hold, issue, on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Let's stick with that. If you overstride, right, you're yep. gonna have a tendency to lock your leg out too early. Yeah. Because you're like stepping forward, and now you're and now your upper body is dragging behind. So I think he has it's pro boom, that's it. He's trying to break a habit. His habit is overstriding. Overstriding leads to, in his case, extending early. He's working on it. He does it right most of the time. But this is this is key for him, his lower body, because it throws everything out of sync. And it can lead to inaccuracy and arm fatigue. Bingo. Because once you are, your whole throwing motion is out of sync, your brain will correct mid-throw with your arm. And he has the, the strength and arm, you know, talent to do it. But... You could hurt yourself if you do it like that too much for too long. So this is what quality control is all about, Jesse. I'm glad we're doing this together. <laughs> we're on it. We're on assignment. We are. And again, I think this is stuff that probably if we spoke to him privately, he'd be like, yeah, I know. This is what we talked about all offseason. I know. Mm -hmm. And it's again, it's not going to become muscle memory in one offseason. But what and I want to take Trey out of it. Trey's doing great. He's an earnest, hardworking kid. I'm talking directly to Brian Greasy and Kyle Shanahan. Like, this is something you need to drill. Find the right drills for this because you need to you need to accelerate the process here. Because until you do, you can't call the, the dig over the you can't call the 15 yard pass over the middle and just hope that he doesn't miss high. Like, no, fix it right now. You got three weeks. Right now. See, but that, that's what's interesting though. And yeah. and you know, when I learned this a lot in talking to Coach McAvoy last last offseason, is that the quarterback coaches for the team really aren't there for a lot of mechanics. It's the footwork they teach, and you've seen it happen with, with Greasy in some of the videos, is really in the drop back and the way that they, you know, left foot forward, right foot forward, how they want to drop back to look like that's what they're there to do and to get them to read the offense. It, and read the defense, more importantly, how they're supposed to. That's what team QB coaches are mostly there for. I disagree with that. Maybe that's what they've become. Yeah. But uh, I, the idea of Brian Greasy and Kyle Shanahan seeing what we're seeing and looking like, oh, yeah, his, his legs extended a little bit forward. Well, nothing we can do. We'll get it next year. Like, no, 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 no. You guys are the best coaches in the world. He does it right most of the time. There's got to be some drills you can do. To, to emphasize this. Don't just throw your hands up and be like, well, uh, Sean McAvoy will handle it next year. No, 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 no. Hey, come on, you should have handled it. Rich Gangarello should have been on this last year. Right. I'm just saying. I like You think Chris Kasarek looks at his defensive lineman and he's like, oh, well, you know, ah, I can't do that. <laughs> I think there's position coaches that are freaking great at, at handling the, the fundamentals. You have other position coaches who have no experience who are here because why? That's my question with Brian Greasy. Why are you here? I understand why the Bills hired Ken Dorsey because of what he did with Cam Newton. That was clear. Brian, why are you here? Are you the best man for this job? Do you have anything that can help? Because to me, with, with, with the thing with Trey that makes him different than Patrick Mahomes, is there is a clear issue here. Missing high. Who can fix it? I'm trying. I'm not an expert. Yeah. But so far, I feel like I've contributed more to the conversation than Brian Greasy. Brian, what are you doing? Are you helping? Are you throwing up your hands? I'd like to see some, some results.
Brian. He's Brian. still better than Skangarello, though. Great. That's a low bar. <laughs> That's a low bar. <laughs> Trey deserves the freaking best, in my opinion. I agree. No, I agree. Scott says if Trey gets Trent gets hurt again, too, we're in big trouble. Oh. Oh. I don't yeah. even want to. Matt says, who needs the playbook when you already know it? Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he knows it. He knows it. Like, I think the Niners heart McGlinchey and is going to extend him. Uh, they haven't extended him yet. I don't know about that. Maybe. Maybe. He can't stay he healthy. Like he I is, just. Right? G. Martinez, thank you for becoming a member. Flav, is the tennis court Jimmy played on bigger than hashed sidelines? That's like a ping pong table. So scary if Trey can't throw a pass over the middle of the field. How's he going to get the ball to Kittle? There's a million ways. You know, what I'm discussing about avoiding the middle of the field is exactly what the Eagles do with Jalen Hurts or what they did last year. They went to the playoffs too. It's a lot you can do without forcing passes over the middle if the, if the quarterback's in, uh, inaccurate in those. It's called not throwing into traffic. It's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, especially no. if the guy you can run the ball and you can move the pocket and throw deep, throw outside the numbers. I mean, there's so much you can do. Now, of course, you want to be able to throw there too, but it's a risk reward thing. You got to feel confident that he can hit that. They practiced it so much last week; it didn't go so great. They got three more weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you know what? The way that I see it is, I would rather have my quarterback if if he has a a flaw or a glitch in his game. Yep, I'd much rather be able to stretch the field horizontally and vertically. Than be stuck in this right. twenty by twelve box, essentially. Like I, I don't want anything to do with that. And again, like if, if Jimmy were, if this were, if Trey were thirty-one and Jimmy were thirty-one, I'd be like, I don't want either. But the whole thing with Trey is he's twenty-two. Right. Give him a chance to improve. He's yeah. probably already better than Jimmy right now. But the idea is, if you actually let him freaking play, because I never ascribe to the thing that you get better on the bench. If you actually let him play, he just might be elite by the time he's twenty-four or twenty-five like Aaron Rodgers was or Josh Allen was, but you got to let him play. Letting Jimmy play does nothing. It just spins wheels. You're spinning your wheels. I think, and I think that you bring up a good point, Grant, because you and I were both on the, he needs to play last year train. And I think a lot of people, and I don't, I don't think either one is for sure. Right. But I think a lot of people have taken it upon themselves to say, see, I told you sitting him was the right thing. He's clearly, you know, he's still, not even fully ready now. It's like, well, hold on a second. If he had played all last year, imagine the growth. We saw so much growth from Cardinals to Texans. We've seen so much growth from Texans to now. All of that growth could have happened last year, and we could be at a whole different stratosphere right now. Imagine that. I agree. Double B Studio says, what's up, dudes? I think the Niners are where they plan to be, according to Kyle Shanahan, and I expect the team to be better than the Cards and Seek. Cucumbers. Well, definitely better than the Seahawks. The thing about the Cardinals is that they have a, a ridiculous coach. He's terrible. I mean, the whole thing like, hey, Kyle, why hey, Kyler, why don't you call plays? Okay, I'm better than you at it. Yeah, because you're terrible at it, Cliff. <laughs> anyway, the Cardinals have a top 10 quarterback. So they, they're, I'm sorry, I think Kyler's a top 10 quarterback. He's really good and he's improving. So if, if they could like actually put a team around him, it, I'm not sure uh, Trey Lance is going to be a top 10 quarterback just yet. He might be next year. I'm just saying. So we'll see about the Cardinals. I'm a big yeah, I, listen, Kyler I, guy. I think, by the way, I think there's a major argument for, for Kyler. I have him just outside the top 10, so we're splitting hairs. He's right there, though. Yeah. But but physically, as far as physically gifted, he's top five. I mean, the guy's incredible. Yep. It's just the mental side, right? Like well, I don't, considering he I don't doesn't know. actually 
<laughs> that's where it's at, right? And that's where to oh, me. Oh, that's out. why there's a disconnect. Right. Yeah. Grant, right. who should start on online week one? Okay, Axel. So I'm gonna say left to right, Trent Williams, Jason Poe. Uh Jay. Uh yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's a tough one. Okay, the guard should be Jason Poe and Spencer Burford. Left tackle should be Trent Williams. Center should be JC Treader, and the right tackle should be Isaiah Wynn. <laughs> like that's I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's kind of my answer. Zachary <laughs> says, I think by the end of the year, Flav is the biggest Lance fan. I don't think so. I think some people are just not going to like, they're not going to make the, the transition. Jacob Wyatt says, Trey's mechanical issues pre uh, present when he overthrows trying to do too much. If they had more depth, I would feel better about him staying within himself. I, maybe. I, it's hard to say why he does what he does. But um, anyway, I feel like a good, I, I feel like a good experienced quarterback coach would handle this in an off season. Like the Chris Kacarek of, of the Ken Dorsey would handle this. I don't know why I feel like Ken Dorsey's great, but he's gotten results. Well, there's saying, no doubt about that. Yeah. He yeah. certainly has gotten results. Yeah. Gotten results. Jacob Mayhew says Ramilia needs uh hop out of the chat. Imagine being in another team's live <laughs> streams every day. Pathetic. He needs to work on his channel and report on his arm fatigue quarterback. Just <gasps> fired. Just fired. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, I always like when fans of other teams come around. It's like it, it makes the whole it enriches the experience. Anyway, oh yeah, there's a Bears fan floating around through chats this offseason, much like uh who was uh Don Burr last year for the Lions. Oh yeah, that was funny. There's anyway, a Bears guy doing that this year. Trey and everyone watching, I'm just trying to help because I don't know that Brian Greasy is or is equipped to. And I feel like as long as you focus on the right things, the sky's the limit for you. And I'm sure he already is. And I don't do this to be like, aha, gotcha, Trey. It's like, this is the answer to the question, or at least my answer to the question Niner fans are asking. And it's probably something Trey's already working on. You said he's working on his base, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be instances of, of reverting. How could there not be? Again, he does it right most of the time. Uh, do you think the 49ers lack proactiveness to win a ring? Man, Grant, okay, so I don't know if this is going to be a forever thing, so I'm not going to say this regime will never win a ring because I think they can win a ring, and I think the window's wide open right now. I really think that they can win it. But they've shown so far, in my opinion, that the proactiveness is not there, and I'll, I'll give some examples. Jimmy Garoppolo into 2019, you had a chance to get Tom Brady. You decided not to. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Now, a lot of people, a lot of people will stand behind that. Listen, you know, he was on the rise. He was coming off an injury. Okay. All right. That's one. Number two, last year, all offseason, Grant, you and I sat on this very show. And again, two guys that a lot of people hate in the chat and say, we don't know anything. But these guys that don't know anything said all last offseason. Why are you putting all your eggs in the Verrett basket? You need to get another corner. Like this is this is waiting to blow up in your face. What happened week one? Boom. It took them half the season to get on track because of an injury like that. Half the season. Okay. So that's number two where they lack proactiveness. Number three, this year, Jimmy Garoppolo, still on this roster. What have we been talking about all offseason that they are lacking? Offensive line. 
right now it is all coming to a head and the season hasn't even started yet grant like we said this could be an issue there's a lot of unknowns maybe it pans out hopefully it does but chances are it doesn't with this many young players fighting for these roster spots and it's all coming to a head and the season hasn't even started imagine what the season will be like if a trent williams goes down for two or three games like he does every year right or some of these other guys go down. It's mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling that they haven't had the proactive look that a, a fan and a, a beat writer can see coming from miles away. That's wild to me. To be fair, I feel like what they're thinking is that they don't legitimately have a Super Bowl window. Even though they went to the NFC Championship game last year, like a lot had to go their way for that to happen. I mean, a miracle, in, a, a freaking miracle in Green Bay, uh, some heroics in week 18, just to make it that far. I think they're thinking once Trey Lance proves he's a top 10 quarterback, yeah, you have to go all in. And they should better. But he didn't prove it in camp. There's no reason to think that he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. No. There's no reason to think that. He's really young and inexperienced. So I think they're, without saying it, they're basically doing a wait and see year. And it sucks, and and that's and I get it because Trent Williams is what thirty four, and George Kittle is almost thirty. Uh, so what they really should have done was gotten Patrick Mahomes when they had the chance, or Tom Brady, or Matthew Stafford. I mean, those three things were big mess ups, and Trey Lance is because they struck out on those three guys, and it's the best they can do, and he may turn out, but. It's fair to point out that Trey Lance's timeline is way different than a lot of players on this team. It is. It just is. Yeah, it, no, it definitely is, and it can keep the window open for a long time. And again, I'm. this is not me saying the 49ers will not win a Super Bowl this year. I think they legitimately they can. They could. This is me saying the window is what – just look at the rest of the teams. The Rams have gotten worse. The Cardinals have gotten worse. The the Bucks just had their quarterback take a two week vacation and they've missed two of their starting oh, offensive. Their offensive line is in their offense is in shambles. It is wide open right now. No Devontae Adams on Green Bay. This is the time yeah. to go all in. And they still can. I understand. They still can as long as they get rid of Jimmy. Trade deadline can come up. I'm not saying that they can't do something, but to wait and not protect the future of the franchise and give him the best chance from day one, it's very frustrating. Especially because I've seen this play out in the past with Jason Verrett, with Jimmy Garoppolo. We've seen this story play out, and it yeah. hasn't resulted in a Super Bowl win. It's like the Niners are like, you know, we probably won't win a Super Bowl this year because we have first-year starting quarterback. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, you don't know. Funny things happen in football. It's a lot about injuries and luck. There's a lot of – it's a down year for the NFC – Give it a shot. Like, how much would it suck? So crazy, you know. How much would it suck to be in the divisional round and going, shit, man? Like, if we just had one more offensive lineman right now, how good we we could win yeah. this thing. Stafford's got an elbow issue. Whoever, also, you know, whatever's what if, happening. What if what if uh, Lance gets hot in the second half of the season? Like that's, what, that's what happened with Russell Wilson. When he was a rookie. It was a little bit rough early on, but by the second half of the year, he was dealing. And in yeah. the playoffs, he was a really good quarterback. Like, what if he's playing like a top 10 quarterback by December? Then you're going to feel stupid for not actually making a push. Stupid. 
right? Now you wasted a year of Trent Williams' prime, if he's even still in it, which he should be. I'm just saying. To me, so to me, the guys that I have just outside the top ten are these quarterbacks. And tell me if you insert any of these quarterbacks into the 49ers roster, do they win a Super Bowl? Dak Prescott. Yes. Kirk Cousins. No. Kyler Murray. Yes. Who's my other one? Uh, oh, Derek Carr. No. Okay. So I to me, there's something that about Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins, I feel like they don't rise to the occasion. Almost okay. Jimmy Light. That's, that's they totally fair. Enough, they haven't had enough playoff games to actually prove it. Okay. That's yeah. totally fair. I personally yeah. think that if you give any of those quarterbacks fair. this roster, they could go in. And in my opinion, I think Trey Lance by week 18 will be right in that tier. And I think it would be a shame if he's in that tier, the top 15 tier from 15 to 11, if he is playing that kind of ball in week 18, that you didn't go all Jimmy's in. Jimmy's still on right? the team? Ha! Yeah, man. Dude, I know. <laughs> Jimmy's not going to be on the roster. Come on. D-Flow says, if y'all weren't covering the Niners, then what team? Hmm. Oh, dude. I I want to be fair, too, by the way. Like, I'm not... People, like, look at me like I'm some... Listen, I'm I'm a fan of the team that is invested, that takes pride in knowing all the ins and outs of the roster, interviewing people that are much smarter than me, and being around people that are very smart, okay? And relaying that information to you. That is my role in this community. So, for me, there is no other team. It's 49ers or bust. Yeah, I mean, that's the only team I'm ever going to cover. But uh, sometimes I think about the fun I could have covering other teams. I like to be subversive. I like to be subversive and I like to speak truth to power. And I feel like I could have a lot of fun covering Bill Belichick because he would hate me. He would hate me so much. <laughs> and I think Patriot fans would hate me too. And I think I could have a lot of fun with that entire market, but it'll never happen. But I've thought about it. The Patriots. Oh, that would be fun. You know, it'd be another fun one to watch you cover right. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I was thinking that one too. Oh, uh, that fan base would hate your guts. I mean, people like people take shots at the Cowboys left and right. Like, I wouldn't be. That's not a novel concept. People but are from afraid, inside the building. Inside the building. Oh, but people are afraid to call it like it is with the Patriots. Afraid because of all the stuff that Tom Brady accomplished. Oh man, I would have fun. Okay, uh, <laughs> Trey Niner says, "Will Mike McDaniel win a Super Bowl before Kyle?" Seems like Kyle's old coaching team who left him are winning and doing bolder moves. I'm not even sure Mike McDaniel will be the, co the coach of the Dolphins in a year. Like they want Sean Payton, you know. He, he could be he could be one of those guys who's there for a year. I don't Listen, know. Listen, to to me, two is not the answer there to win a ring. And then no. they're gonna have to get somebody else. They just lost a first round pick because the franchise is idiotic. So good luck getting one of the top guys. They're they're in quarterback purgatory for a while. Flav says if Niners make the playoffs, I will buy a Lance jersey. I truly hope he's good. Uh, I just don't think we'll be as good with him, and I like going to the playoffs. That's fair. I like covering the playoffs because I make more money when they go to the playoffs. So, Trey, for me, take the team to the playoffs if you can. It's just a very difficult schedule, Flav. Very difficult. I'm just playoffs is it, playoffs is fun. We had a lot of fun last year in the playoffs, uh, for sure. We I would love to make the playoffs again. Joshua White says, if Jimmy Garoppolo was the 20th best quarterback last year and they barely made the playoffs, what does Lance need to be to, uh, with a lesser roster and a harder schedule? That's basically my entire equation of the offseason. I agree with Joshua on this one. I think it's a different it's a different circumstance. 
I think the team's a little weaker, especially on the offensive line. Traverius Ward's a nice addition. And this schedule is is stupid. So um, I think, yeah, I think Lance, to for this team to make the playoffs, Lance needs to be right away, right around where um, Jesse was projecting, like right around 15, 15 to 11. If he's in there, I think the Niners are okay. If he's down by 20, 20, it, it might not be good enough this year, the way it was last year. Yeah, I think every, every season presents different problems. Um, yep. One, last year, the, the defense was in shambles very early yep. on. They had a first-year defensive coach. Mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryans is a lot a lot more, I, I mean, a lot better off second year, right? Special teams is a lot better. It's not a liability this year. I believe it won't be. I think also the 49ers schedule, even though the teams are tough, I think it's actually very favorable because week eight, I think it's week eight on whenever they play Kansas City right around that time for the rest of the season, every single game is on the West Coast, every single one. And most of them are home games that actually plays favorable and they have a bye week in the middle of the season. So the opponents are very tough, but the schedule itself, I think, is actually pretty favorable. Danny Young says, will this be the first year we don't have a new leading rusher? I'm not sure about that. Last year, a big reason that Eliza Mitchell was so good during the season, is he had a great offseason. This year, he's been hurt most of the offseason, most of it. He came back for like a week or two, like maybe two weeks in training camp, got hurt again. So the door's open. It ain't Trey Sermon, but I'm telling Jordan Mason, it always thinks like, oh, the, the late round, the undrafted, he's not. It's running back. It happens every year. Don't sleep on Jordan Mason. Or Listen, la- last year, if I remember correctly, Elijah Mitchell had a very similar offseason to what Mason's having. He yep. was not running with the first team nope. at all. Nope. At all. Nope. And then all of a sudden, Mostert got injured. Everybody assumed oh, Sermon, and it was Mitchell that was first off the bench, and he never looked back. That could be Jordan Mason this year. Double B's too. Oh, here's how you know. They brought him out to talk to the media yesterday. Mm-hmm. Undrafted rookie free agent gets to talk to the media? Yeah. That's the guy who's going to make the team, most likely. I Otherwise, so. why are you putting him out there so other teams can take, can, can take a look at him? I hope saying. so. Double B Studio says, Grant, who's the new kid as your co-host? JK, Jesse Clean Cut, bro. You do look 10 years younger. Yeah, I agree. The timing of the players on the team is in sync, and it started with trading up to get Trey. Yeah, it's fair to point out how – I think that's why people are like, you can't go to Trey. I mean, it's a Super Bowl roster. It's a, it, it's a, And last year it was an old roster. They're trying to get younger. I mean, they're kind of like the Warriors trying to transition from the Steph Curry dynasty to the James Wiseman dynasty, except that – the old guard on the Niners never won anything. They need to embrace this. They're not champions. They had their chance. They didn't get it done. Jimmy isn't going to help you get it done. So move on. Should they yeah, have Matthew I mean, Stafford? Probably. It is, it is interesting because they do have an interesting mix, but luckily that old guard yeah. is still under 30 right, yeah. for the most part. And Trent, but Yeah, he's great. Yeah. yeah. So like to me, they, they still have a, a window here, but again, We've been saying it. You never know what can happen. COVID happened. Mass exodus in the Harbaugh era. Anything can happen at any time. you got to take a hold of it when you got a chance. 49ers daddy says, can't wait to see Flav in that Lance jersey. I mean, mm. that's going to do nothing for me. Salasafati says, what aspect of Trey's game do the fans and national media not see coming? We hear read option, scramble option, and deep ball. What else? Uh, I think I, he showed it right away. For a guy who was never under pressure in a pocket in college, he does a very good job in what they call it, muddied pockets in the NFL. He's not, he doesn't panic. He doesn't try to run backwards. He steps up. He's calm. He's strong. He's avoids sacks. He's really good at that. 
it's a good, good skill. Literally exactly what I yeah. was going to say. So perfect. Okay, moving on. Um, what are you looking for Thursday night in this final preseason game? I think a lot of what we talked about, right? We talked about bubble players and Ambry Thomas and Trey Sermon. Does anybody come in? I mean, if, if Ambry can't play and he's hurt, does anybody come in and, and steal that job for sure? Does Trey Sermon earn his roster spot? How does, how did the other running backs look, right? Like what, what does that running back room look like? I would also say, I think I think safety. I think that picture at safety is actually becoming pretty clear. Mm-hmm. But I want to see the offense move the ball. George Odom stepped up. Give him credit. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, no. That John so quick. One hundred percent. Yep. One hundred percent. I I want to see continuity in the offense. Defense to me, I don't care if any of those guys. If all those guys sat, I do not care. I trust this defense one hundred percent. When you have the best player, arguably on your team, and Trent Williams saying that the offense is a work in progress. Yeah. I want to see them go out there and move the ball <laughs> and be efficient. I would right. love to see that. So that's what I'm looking for. That used to be what the goal was for these rehearsal. They called it dress rehearsals game three, but now it's different. There used to be four games and then the third one was dress rehearsal. Now it's just, just three games. I'd like to see them look good on offense too. They used to actually game plan for these games because that was part of the dress rehearsal, actually mm-hmm. game planning. Then I, I don't think they did because I was at practice I don't think they would game plan in front of the media unless they don't care at all. I didn't notice them game planning anyway. Yeah, I'd like to see the offense look good. I'd also like to see a left guard competition. Please play Jason Poe with the starters like you've been in practice. We all need to see that. That's not a secret. He needs to start for you. Left. He's he's your best left guard. Might be your best guard, period. Give him, give him an actual look. I want to see Jake Brendel out there for a long time. We will. But they keep like sitting him down like he's freaking Alex Mack. He needs to show something. Otherwise, you need J.C. Treader next week. And then I want to see um, what's up at right tackle. McGlinchey's not playing. Do they have a right tackle on this team? Otherwise, go get Isaiah Wynn. I have a question for you. Push come to show. McKivitz, do you trust McKivitz more at right tackle or do you trust Banks more at left guard? I know it's a tough one. McKivitz, McKivitz. I've seen McKivitz really? start a game and the Niners win. I have never seen the Niners win a game with Aaron Banks in the lineup. So Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. All right, let's end the show by ranking the top 10 players in the 49ers. Let's do, it. do you want to go from 1 to 10 or from 10 to 1? How do you want to do it? Let's go 10 to 1. Let's go 10 to 1? Okay. 10 to 1. Should we one. should we just go 10, 10, 9, 9, or do you just want to go through a whole list? I think we should probably go through the whole list. It could get confusing. Okay. We might forget. People might forget what, what we've said. So why don't you go first, and then I'll do mine. Okay. okay. So number 10 for me, Manuel Mosley. I mean, this is a kid that I said emphatically should start last year, right? And there was some questions. They were talking about bringing back Sherman. What was going to be the option there at second corner? Mosley was not a lock to be that guy. They didn't pay him a lot of money. I'm very happy Mosley's on this team, and he is showing out, it sounds like, even more than he did last year, which was already a very impressive year. Now, remember, I did say it was close between Mosley and Ward. I have them right next to each other and mm-hmm. I, I could flip flop them. Um, Traverius Ward. I'm going to put him at number nine. Use check. I actually would. I originally had use check higher on this list, but just based off of the impact on the team, he's the best at his position in the league. And I can't say that about all these other players that I'm going to put above him, 
but the usage and impact on the team is not near what these other guys are. So to me, I've got him at number eight. Number seven, Eric Armstead. I mean, it's funny how we went from saying it was a mistake to keep Ward and Armstead and get rid of Buckner. But I think as time is wearing on, it's becoming less and less of a mistake in a lot of people's eyes. So I've got Armstead at number seven. I've got Jimmy Ward at number six. I actually think Jimmy Ward, even though he's not the best player on my list, might be the most important defender this year on the roster, much like I thought Verrett was last year. I've got Kittle number five. I've got Fred Warner number four. Now it just becomes talent. <laughs> Warner number four, Debo number three, Bosa. I mean, Bosa might win defensive player of the year. I mean, the way that you're talking about him in practice, he is doing something completely different this year, over the top, taking over practices, doesn't have to worry about a knee injury. I've got Bosa number two, and, and Trent Williams is arguably the best player in football right now at a very important position, and especially for this team with no other experienced offensive lineman, it seems. Trent Williams is number one for me. Okay, that's a great list. Um who did you? Oh, okay. So you had Juice. Okay. All right. All right. I have a different list. I had Ayuk and Mitchell as honorable mentions. So. Okay. Let me give you my list. Number 10, Eric Armstead. No disrespect. He's a hell of a run defender at whatever position you put him on the defensive line. He can play any position on the D line and be a great run defender. As a pass rusher, I think he's kind of a product of Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa creates a ton of pressure. And Eric Armstead kind of gets some quarterbacks running right into him. Now, Armstead creates pressure too, but he just never has put up sack numbers without Bosa on the field. Maybe I'm wrong on that. That's the way I see Armstead. Good player, but I think that the people above him make a bigger impact, in my opinion. So 10 Armstead. Nine, Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk um, has kind of been held back by the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't trusted to throw or throw deep or throw out to the numbers. I think Brandon Ayuk is a really good player. I think he is a number one wide receiver in the league. And I think he's makes a bigger impact than Eric Armstead. I think he's going to lead the team in targets, catches touchdowns this year. I think he's going to have a big year. Armstead number nine, uh, eight. I'm going Fred Warner. I know it's a little lower than people might expect. He's a hell of a player. He's great in zone coverage, but in terms of just pure man to man coverage, I think he's a little overrated. I don't even think they use him that way. They use just safeties in man-to-man -man coverage. So um, I don't know if you noticed it, but Trent Williams called him out. I don't know if you saw it the other day. I didn't catch it. Like, no. He's like, look, the first 30 plays of, of our offense are scripted out every day in practice. And, you know, that script is out there for anyone to see. Yeah, it's not just for offense's eyes only. And I'm not saying that Fred Warner's finding the script and jumping. I'm not saying that. That's what he said. I'm not saying he's doing that. So he, that's what he was saying. But you were. Yeah. So, that's what he, so, hey, man, there's there's aspects of these practices that I don't even understand. Imagine if you wanted some good press, like, okay, that's the play. Well, I'm jumping that route. And that doesn't help the team at all, frankly. But anyway, Fred Warner, very good player. I'm going to say he's a little overrated, but very good player. Number seven. Ooh. He's a great player. But no, I but you listen. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I just say, ooh, because that's your take. I respect right. it. I completely disagree. However, however, 
you know that people are going to run with this. So just just be ready for it is all I'm saying. Go ahead. I was watching the Manti Teo documentary, and it struck me that sometimes with middle linebackers, there's a little bit of a mystique. It's a little bit, of, and with, with Fred Warner, there's a little bit of a mystique with him. It's it's the the interceptions and the coverage, and I feel like he's a little he's a little overhyped. There's some people a little underhyped on this team that I think deserve a little bit more recognition. I will right, keep going. That's fair. That's fair. But anyway, he's a, he's a, he's an excellent player. He deserves all the accolades. I think there's some people who also deserve accolades too. Number seven, Traverius Ward. I think Traverius Ward's really good. I think if you straight man-to-man coverage, him against a wide receiver, Fred Warner against a tight end or a running back, Traverius Ward all day. Now, Fred Warner, again, great against the run, great in zone coverage, but Traverius Ward, just straight up man-to-man coverage, there are very few wide receivers in the league that can beat him. Brandon Ayuk's not one. Debo, I mean, Debo Debo wasn't there. Debo came in late, and Traverius, I'd never really got to see them go up against each other, but Traverius Ward is a very, very good player. He's in his prime, and again, you you better be freaking elite. You better be Devontae Adams if you're going up against Traverius Ward. Seven. That's that's a great. I love that. That's great praise. That is exactly what we want to hear as 49er fans. He just needs to stay healthy. Don't be D Ford. Right. Don't don't be the guy who gets the bag and then loses his edge. Because I'm always nervous about the guy who gets the bag and then gets hurt in training camp immediately. So and let that be a, a, a fluke. Let that be a fluke, Mooney. Number six, Emmanuel Mosley. I'm sold on Emmanuel Mosley. This guy's freaking. I think he's a top 100 player in the league. He battled so hard this camp and is better than Brandon Ayuk. Again, he's better than... And Debo, he got the best of Debo this offseason. Debo's better than him. But Emmanuel Mosley, on any given day, can go toe-to-toe with the best wide receivers in the league. DK Metcalf, I think he can do it. I think he's going to prove it this year. He's had moments in the past where he's shut down Odell Beckham. um, Great wide receivers. But he's also had moments where he kind of got worked by DeAndre Hopkins. I think this is his year. He's... So confident in practices, really feeling like he owns these wide receivers on this team. I think this is the year that Mo- that Mosley uh, makes himself a lot of money and makes a, a name for himself. I love it. I love, I'm rooting look, for that kid. Five Kittle. Look, I, I'm skeptical of Kittle being able to stay healthy for 17 games a year, but he's been healthy all offseason. He had a great offseason. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime. He's still a really, 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 really good player. George Kittle, number five. Number four. Jimmy Ward. Yes. Jimmy Ward. Look, I took me a while to figure it out, but Jimmy Ward is the best cover safety in the league, period. He's so good that he doesn't want to do one-on-ones against Kittle. It's, it's too easy. Sorry, George. He warms up against the wide receivers. He goes up against Ayuk because that's the challenge he needs. Sorry. If, if, if Jimmy Ward were going up against Kittle every day, shut him down, and he does in 11-on-11s. 11 when he, when he goes up against Travis Kelsey later this year, assuming Ward's cool with his hamstring, he's going to shut him down. He shuts down every freaking tight end he faces. And, uh, you know, if when wide receivers – I mean, when corners do that to wide receivers, they get, make a lot of money. They get a lot of press. They get a lot of notoriety. For whatever reason, safeties, you have to either hit hard or have like 11 picks in a year to get noticed. But, no, Jimmy Ward, he's, he's one-on-one. He's better than George Kittle, straight up. That's the way I look at it. That's the way I look at it. That's impressive, man. That, you know, that gets me excited because if if that is true, if he can hold Kelsey the way you think he can, Kansas City may not put up 20 that game. 
We'll see. All I know is it, if I were Jimmy Ward and I saw George Kittle getting ranked 22nd or whatever in the top 100, I'm like, what about – I shut that guy down every day. <laughs> what about every me? Day, yeah. All right, top three. I'm with you on that. Debo, number three. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch up your top two. I'm going to go Trent Williams, number two. And here's why I'm going to okay. say Nick Bosa, number one. And I've been okay. skeptical of Bosa. But as I said, I put Armstead number 10 because I feel like Bosa is kind of responsible for some of his sacks. Bosa makes his, his fellow defensive linemen better. His pressure creates opportunities for others to just clean up. Trent Williams, as great as he is doing his job, doesn't really do much for Mike McGlinchey or Jason Poe. I mean, again, of course you want a left tackle who's the greatest of all time, but there's something about Nick Bosa's ability to elevate others that I was why I put him number one, but they're both great. I also think and naturally, frankly, you watch them one-on-one, Trent Williams gets the best of them most of the time, so hard to say. I, I think... Um... I think naturally too, the one side of the defense getting after the quarterback can help the other side a yes. lot more than the left exactly. tackle can help exactly. the right tackle. Right? Just, I mean, that's exactly. just football and the way that it yeah. works. So I think yeah. that's fair. Like impact. Who's better at his Bosa. job individually? Trent. Yeah. Trent. But Bosa has a bigger impact. I think that's totally fair. It's fun to watch Bosa go up one on one against Trent and be like, "What do you got?" I mean, it's nothing's gonna work. <laughs> nothing's gonna work, Nick. I mean, <laughs> you're so great. Good. And you'll you'll, you'll keep trying. You'll have a counter, and you'll keep straining. But you better wake up real early to figure. I mean, what are you gonna do? It's nothing. So good. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Jonathan Chavez or Chavez says, "I don't want to hear that. We are making it to the playoffs. Trey's better off the gate. If Kyle can make it easy for Garbaggio, Gar Gar Garbagello, we'll be fine. Cut Trey some slack. Should have played the kid. Ol. Yeah. Ol. Worried. That's what I'm saying, man. Just inexperience in the offensive line. But yeah." To, to Jesse's point, there are a lot of things. Seven playoff spots, and then the NFC isn't exactly loaded this year. Great. Wide receiver, 19, big payday, less game day, yes or no? I hope not. I hope not. I, I hope not. To be fair, to be fair, I think the fair. answer is yes, but this is not a knock on Debo. I think just naturally, to put up that season in back-to-back years, he's not going to be asked to do that. I don't think... I don't think the 49ers, if they want to get three good years out of Debo, want him to have that type of season again. That's just my opinion. Flav says, if Trey's really good and the Niners O-line is the reason we don't win the Super Bowl because Jimmy Money's wasted, Lynch should be fired. And if Trey's awful, Lynch should be fired. Um, <laughs> so either way, we're firing fire Lynch. them. But, yeah. Because they, they've put together such a really... The, the thing that's crazy about Kyle and John is they've put together a really good team and organization, but they can't get the quarterback position right. And we're all giving them three years with Trey Lance. Benefit of the doubt here. This is a project figured out, but... Yeah. And this is year two, by the way. This is, this year, is year two? two. Yeah. yeah, man. You wasted a year. You freaking wasted a year. So I, I get that. I mean, I like John. I like John. I want him in the organization, but at the same time, you got to need. You got to get some results at the most important position eventually. You can't keep wandering in the desert to use an Old Testament reference at the most important position. Not again. Wolfcast says the celebration combo with your dad. Best celebration might be when Alden Smith ran full speed to the bench and sat. That was that was so funny. That was so that funny. Was super funny. <laughs> Players act like you've been here. I I I just feel like a lot of celebrations are kind of played out. If something were new and novel, I'm into it. But just doing it because you're supposed to, or you have to. It's like I don't know. Show some creativity. Alden Smith did. The coach says Fred definitely stole Quan's entire swag. That is so true. Sure did. Yes, that is that so is true. true. Yes. That's facts. Quan had Fred talking a completely different way. That is 100%. so true. Yes. I have I agree a feeling that. that basically Sala and Kyle are like, look, Fred, we we like you, but you're not enough like Quan. 
So we're bringing in Quan. And Fred's like, well, I'm going to make you guys not need Quan anymore. Whatever that <laughs> yeah. rah rah stuff is, I can do that. Yeah. So he's yeah. a pest. I mean, he he's like Draymond Green is to the Golden State Warriors. He's the pest of this team. And it he's a good player, also, right? But he's a pest. He gets under people's skin, and you need that. You need a disruptor on your team. You do. Keith says Grant got Kittle five. I wanted him traded. Fair. I'm glad you brought that up. To my defense, all I'm saying is trade him. You trade him a year early. That was always the thing that I learned as a kid, as, as a Niner fan growing up. You trade a guy a year early, not a year late. Kittle is still really, really good. But if he gets hurt again this year, next year at 29, coming off at three, it's like what? So, yeah. If Hey, look, he's so far so good. I, I hope I'm proven wrong by betting against Kittle. I hope he stays healthy and just has a great freaking year. Because, again, so far, so good. But I'm a skeptic. Uh, NPTO63 says, first stream back since last season. What's up with y'all? Just what happened to the beard? Listen, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i explain it here just like I explained it on my show. What's funny about the beard is I never had a beard. So I just turned 39 over the weekend, okay? I never had a beard until the pandemic. So it's funny because the 49er community only knows me with a beard, but my friends and family know me without the beard. And so it's this interesting contrast, right? They're like, all right, this is who I remember. And everybody else is going, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> Where's That's the so beard? Like, I just suck at that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Jesse had a beard? What? He looks <laughs> totally normal. I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> what? I Really? Got me there. Chris Royal says, Devo will have more receiving yards this year, but less rushing. But overall, I think he can and will have similar total numbers thoughts. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Look, I'm not supposed to talk about this, all right? So this is – I'm going to try to talk in code without getting in trouble. But the whole Debo in the backfield thing, it's happening a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just like handoffs. Like it's a whole, you know, like Which is great him out of the backfield. It's, it's his best position. He can play two positions very well, but he is an elite running back. And as a wide receiver, he's great, except for the fact that he drops too many passes. As a running back, he does everything great. He's great running. He's so good. And I'm saying it's, yeah, you're right. It's If you think they're going to do less running back, Debo running, no, more, more. He's just getting incentivized. He's getting paid for it now. Debo is great in traffic once he has the ball in his hands. He's not great in traffic before he gets the ball. Right. That's why that he's so great behind who, the line of scrimmage. And now that you got a quarterback whose ball placement is a little erratic, him and Debo over the middle, not the best combination. I'm sorry. Not. So how do you, you can't just phase out Debo from your offense, right? No. So Debo, you put Kittle and Jennings over the middle, get those big body guys or Ayuk who can toward his body, right? Like Dwelly. Dwelly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Finally, they have a use for him. <laughs> Oh, hold on. Uh, damn! I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. Jonathan, I don't get it. But I like it. Uh, is the best running back on the roster still Debo? Yes. Yes. Debo might be the... It if might I be the best one in the running back in the league, I'd have Debo. <laughs> yeah. I, Taylor's pretty damn good. <laughs> Taylor's pretty good. Oh, yeah, Taylor's good pretty damn good. Like Taylor can't play running back like Debo. I mean, he can't play wide receiver. I think it's time to end the show. Receiver, yeah. English anymore. He can't play wide receiver like Debo anymore. Like, That's true. ever. That's true. Debo MVP season. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. He'll have a All good right, show's over. Stop giving me money. Stop. Right now.
Thank you, though. You want to take the link? I, I put the link in our private chat. You want to throw it out in the chat real oh, quick? Oh, yeah. Private chat. So Grant is putting out a link right now for you guys. Click the link, sign in now. It's to watch the game with us live and not like watch us watch the game. It's legit game on screen, us watching the game. Click the link. All you have to do is sign in with your TV provider, whether that's Peacock, YouTube, a cable company, whatever. Sign in with that. And then you'll get to watch the game with us tomorrow live. So there you go. I call my house the uh, the house that YouTube built. Gregorith, what did I say? What did I say? Stop giving me money. (laughs) No. Stop it. Daniel Kelly says Niners will win only four games at Trey Lance. Dude, Daniel has made so many predictions this offseason. You got to love it. What happens when all of them come wrong? What are you going to do, Daniel? Because I look, if if you're right, you deserve the victory lap. But when you're wrong, what are you going to do? I want to know. I want. I wish it was earlier in the show, Daniel. I'd engage you a little bit more, but uh, I'm tired. <laughs> G. Martinez says, "Here's two bucks." I want to know so I can be the one who always makes you smile. All right, thank you very much, everyone. Uh, thirty-nine age. Oh, you're thirty-nine. Oh, I got you. Okay, okay. There we go. Double no. The show is over. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. See you tomorrow.